Yeah, the craziest thing to me about the whole Garfield thing is that uh, at some point during the, I don't know, it must have been like the 90s, it was when we were in Scouts, was the BSA adopted Garfield as its like mascot. So you had Garfield like wearing a Boy Scout uniform, uh, and it always seemed like such a strange fit because, I mean, Garfield's whole shtick is just being like awful and lazy and a glutton. Um, trying to, tri- I mean, I mean, I guess you could come up with another cartoon character that would better fit that, but I don't know if you could like Popeye. Popeye. Yeah, sure, Popeye. <laughs> I, I bet Popeye. You know, he was he was a service member, right? He served in the Navy. He was also, he might. He seems like he might be too horny for the Boy Scouts. Well, yeah, that's that's probably true. Although that would that would actually be in keeping with the Boy Scouts because yeah, I mean, no, it's he's right in line with that. I mean, mostly... I actually found it very uh, relatable because you know I like Garfield. I assume that his owner just like forced him to get into Scouts just to get out of the house or whatever. So you know, I was like, I don't want to be here either, Garfield. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> I, I used to be, I never did Boy Scouts, I was in Cub Scouts, and uh, everybody who was in it was such a fucking nerd, and my, so I'd like go to meetings with my dad, and like eventually like a year went by, and I was like, hey, what happened to Boy Scouts? He's like, oh, I canceled that shit, dude, that was fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, we, Brendan and I stuck with it um, for, for quite a while. I was gonna say like, oh, did you, you should have been, all of it? you should have been in our troop, because it wasn't, it wasn't total nerds, but it. Honestly, it probably was. I don't know. Once you get to the like high school level, then you get you get to start doing the cool shit at camp. You get to go rock climbing and shoot guns, and you know. Yeah, it seems it seems like the like the older you get and shit, it seems like it becomes fun eventually. I just didn't want to have to put up with like the boring like we're today. We're gonna learn about when Betsy Ross made the American flag. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That shit sucks. It's great training for like fucking office bureaucracy shit, though, because it literally (laughs) is that like you as like a 16 year old are introduced to the concept of like getting terrible job interviews for things that you don't even want by people who don't even want to be there and can only like lord their power over a teenager (laughs) and be like, if you don't suck up to me good enough, you're never going to advance to star level, buddy. All right, let's start the show. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Let's roll it in. Cool. Hey, you're listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for being back with us. I am Matthew Hodges. I'm in Arlington, Texas, and my colleague from Omaha, Nebraska, as always, is Brendan Williams. Brendan, nice to see you. I'm back. I'm back. He's I'm back. ready to go. He, I'm psyched up tonight. He's hardly ever not back. When he is not back, everybody <laughs> notices. And then, uh, of course, we've got a guest tonight sitting in third chair. We've got Connor Golden, um, fresh off of a great fight on Twitter that he got into about Garfield, which we're going to talk about later. Um, Connor, you're in Chicago. <laughs> How's it going? Woo! Hell yeah, baby! Big Apple, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. Uh, it's going good. That's dude. what they call it, right? The Big Apple. It's the. I believe we're called the Big Apple. We're the city that never sleeps. Uh-huh. We're uh, the city, the city of also, angels. All also, that kind the of Big stuff. Easy. I think um, we're the Big Easy. Uh, we're uh, Bridgetown. Yeah, ironically, both the city that never sleeps and the Big Sleep. Um, so I don't. Yep, I don't know us. how they square that circle, but that's north side, south oh, side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Wait, um, there, what city is the big sleep? I thought that was like you die. What is that? Is that yeah, no, is that like it's, Seattle. It's whatever. It's whatever city that that movie took place in. I think. Yeah. S- sleepless in Seattle. It's Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago, otherwise known as Sleepless in Seattle. Cool. Yeah, Connor, thanks for being with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're we've been trying to figure out exactly what to talk about. It seems like it's been kind of a slow news week. Nothing uh, super groundbreaking, I think, coming out of. I feel like so there there must be something that happened, but just compared to last week, no matter what, it was just going to feel like a slow news right, week. Right? No, which is, I mean, that's kind of nice. I think everybody needed a reprieve. Right. Uh, yeah, it's funny that it's like it's a slow news week when like. Trump fires the head of the VA and replaces it with his own doctor or whatever. (laughs) And they're like, well, that, you know, yeah, that's what makes sense. Like, that's not that crazy, really. It seems normal. I'm sure there was no quid pro quo with the (laughs) the guy uh, adding an inch to Trump's height so that he didn't have to say that, yes, he's officially obese. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it wasn't. It was his BMI for his height. And weight made him like exactly like one point away from being obese. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but which is not to, suspicious. So at he's all. just a fat guy. But they, they had to add a, an inch of height because I think uh, in like every past reporting he was like six three, and in that doctor's report it, he was six four. So if you do the BMI, so my my guess is that they did both. They they took pounds oh, yeah. off oh, yeah. and added an Absolutely. inch and thought. Because he's, I mean, he looks like absolute shit. He's so fat. Well, I mean, just it completely verified accounts of the way he takes care of his body. I mean, golf, I'm sorry, guys. The McDonald's. It's a good game, but it's not super uh, athletically taxing. You know that he's well, not he, carrying he's his not own walking. bag. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he eats. He also apparently fucking sucks at golf. Oh, yeah? It's a power move. Yeah, I forget who said someone told the story. Oh, it might have been, uh, I think it might have been Jimmy Pardo. Was talking on his podcast. If I, I might be wrong, but I think it was him. Jimmy Pardo was talking. He was doing a uh, like a celebrity golf tournament for charity or something, and Trump was there, and like he was like behind Trump, and he's like, it was the fucking longest day of my life because of how bad he was at <laughs> golf. He was just like fucking slice it, and I'm not good at golf. I've tried to golf one time, and I hated it. It's boring yeah. as shit. But he's like slicing. Like every single stroke, he's slicing into the fucking woods and shit, and then like just taking the ball out and like moving it a little bit closer. Yeah, sure. Well, oh yeah, it's like a power move for him because he feels like if he can like cheat at golf and then like get you to go along with it because you don't give a shit, then he's like, I just won. I just won you. Right. I own you now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's golf, which is like the easiest game to cheat at because you're in like the whole thing about golf is you are in charge of writing down your own score. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you slice off into the woods and then, I don't know what, just like throw the ball. Just call, call like, it a mulligan and then do it again and say you didn't call a mulligan. Yep, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a game of, it's a game of sportsmen. It's a game of honor. Um, Trump is neither, so you know, none of that is terribly shocking. <laughs> well, he's, he, he is a white person, so he's makes sense that he would like golf. White people love to golf. Right. I mean... Pretty much all golfers are white people, except for you know, like one notable exception I can think of. Is, Ty- is <laughs> yeah, Tiger Woods uh, is he honorarily white now? I think in the draft they did they did get him. Or oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the Chappelle show uh, racial draft, white people got 
Go Tiger Woods. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like every every golfer is white. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean that's that's the way white people tend to treat. Most that's the only sport that white people are allowed to play at this point. <laughs> that's the only one. because all the other ones you have to be athletic to play, so they just pick the one where you have to be rich to right, play. Right. Right. Well, hey, actually, that that gives me a good good opportunity for a segue here. Is we're talking about sports because. I don't know if you guys have been following it. I certainly haven't, but uh, March Madness is starting to wrap up. They're kind of um, like closing. Are you guys basketball fans? I'm a NBA fan, okay. um, but I have been. I also like to gamble. Uh, so I watch March Madness every year, and I have been paying particularly close attention this year because of Loyola, uh, who was, I think, an 11 seed, and they're in the final four right. now. Um my, which is Loyola's in Chicago. My dad graduated from Loyola, um, so I've been watching all their games. And then it was also exciting to watch that uh, the first time ever seeing a one seed lose to a sixteen seed. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. That was wild, and like not even it, they got their asses kicked. Yeah, it's yeah been it wasn't a, like a squeaker or whatever. No, yeah. it's, it, the, it seems like the whole tournament this year has been uh, a bunch of upsets, uh, a whole bunch of brackets. Yeah, that, it's been wild. Now I, I do want to give a special shout out to. Uh, the guy that everyone was dunking on for having a perfect, like, wrong bracket, like, went... Oh, yeah, I saw like, that. Zero correct yeah. or whatever. He had, he, had, he had gotten every single game Zero wrong. for 32 or something like that, which actually, oh, that's that's, that's got to be an accomplishment. I mean, you don't... Yeah. Now, it, I know that the, the whole bracketing thing, like, you have to be right as it moves in from uh, whatever that group play stage is, but... Still, I mean that's an that's an impressive accomplishment. I think that he did deserve to like win a little money or whatever for for going zero out of thirty two. Right. Well, okay. So we're recording tonight on it's March 29th, So March is almost over. March Madness is almost over. And so I thought, in honor of March Madness, we could throw together our own little bracket here, uh, not for basketball, which I know fuck all about, um, but instead. Because I'm in Texas, Brendan's in Nebraska, Connor is in Illinois. I've put together a little bracket for us to to explore. This is uh, now the the field was large, and I did simplify for for familiarity. But I put together a bracket of the worst Midwestern politicians. If you guys want to go through this with me, let's do it. So let's start it off. Okay. Who's the first up here? Well, I think uh, I think since uh, Connor's in Chicago, I think we ought to start with uh, what I've what I've dubbed the Chicago Machine region. All right, um, Connor, it was tough, man, to come up with you know the best worst. We have some fucking strong contenders. Yeah. Chicago, here, dude. Chicago is amazing for bad politicians, and and by bad here, I think uh. It's a think strong it's, conference. Yeah, I think it's not just um, like the worst shit that they've done, but there's also some there's some je ne sais quoi of like entertainment value involved. Oh yeah. Okay. So I mean, even like the dailies, it, it could have been so many oh, people. Yeah, absolutely. I w- it would have been fun to watch two dailies uh, square off against right. each other. Right. I mean, I'm going back in time, looking at like the Carruthers family. You know, like I, that's, oh, that's yeah. probably not the most familiar to the listener. So I, 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 pulled, right. <laughs> I pulled two people for the Chicago machine region. Um, the first off is a bit of a blast from the past. Rod Blagojevich. Um, My man. Yeah. Uh, you, okay. God, yeah. You <laughs> fucked up so hard. <laughs> 
So, so if people don't recall Rod, Bl- Rod Blagojevich, he, uh, I mean, anybody who watched The Daily Show back when it was fairly good remembers it because Jon Stewart loved saying that name in the, uh, uh, like, Professor Frank from The Simpsons voice. Uh, but right. he, was, he was the guy who, when uh, Obama uh, left the Senate seat in order to run for president, um, got caught trying to, like, sell that seat like take political favors yeah. for the appointment and like actually went to jail right yeah he's he's in jail right now yeah, he's, he's still, still in jail yeah it was like a, yeah. it was like a 14 year sentence or something like that he's he's still in prison for this um he has he has he still has that hair too it's like gray now but it, lo- it looks yeah, good that, that like lego snap-on hair uh, just <laughs> yeah. like perfect it's still super thick but it's gray right. as shit okay so rod Blagoj- rod Blagojevich versus Rahm Emanuel. Um, now, now Rahm might seem like an odd choice for this bracket because, I mean, he he did he is ostensibly trying to now fuck him. He's he's a douchebag. He he's a piece yeah, of shit. He is. He's a uh, he's the he's the current mayor of Chicago, right? He's still he's still mayor. Yeah. Uh, he was Obama's chief of staff. They called him Rambo because he was I don't know because it's like Rambo and liberals suck at memeing. Um, he's also missing part of his finger. For what? He he chopped it off somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> he like was like working at Arby's or something as a teenager, and he fucking sliced <laughs> off of his finger. It <laughs> wasn't so much. I thought maybe he did it as like a power move. He's like, you think you're gonna block this bill? Cacao! How about that? Did no, you just he just did it because he's off? a fucking moron. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, Rahm Emanuel, known well for uh, a number of just really shitty things, like. Two out of the three people that is appointed to the uh, the education department there in in Illinois, which is the third largest one in the country, have gone down in massive corruption scandals. Uh, when Laquan McDonald got killed by the Chicago police, they oh, yeah. they tried to uh, execute this cover up, wouldn't let the video out, and um, you know at, at one point. Eighty uh, percent of Chicagoans agreed that he should just step down. Let's like just be done with this yeah. at this point. Um, so that's but a, he's still trucking, still in there. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. In fact, uh, I guess he's putting together an exploratory committee for the. I, I think it's the 2019 run. So Rahm Emanuel versus Rod Blagojevich. What do you guys think in the Chicago machine uh, region? So my thinking is. Like, obviously, what Rob Bogoyevich did was real bad, but that was kind of the only bad thing he did. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rom is just fucking stacking up wins and wins and yeah. wins in the shitty stuff column, including, I don't know if you guys heard about this, the, uh, so you know how Amazon has been trying to find a oh, yeah. city for their oh, second yeah. headquarters? What Chicago decided to uh, offer Amazon was that the income tax taken from their employees, if they were in Chicago, would go directly back to the Amazon Corporation. Oh, yeah. Yep, totally. Yeah, we, we covered that, that on a previous episode. The, uh, basically, you pay tax to your employer now, which I don't yeah. think they even you did pay, that shit in the Wild You pay to West. work for Amazon. It's, it's fucking it's insane. Crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, And then between that and the fact that right now he... Uh, he he takes he there's the south side is so fucked up and it's because he's all our city does is take taxpayer money and use it to make like nice rich white neighborhoods nicer instead of investing in public schools and shit on the south side and then he also uh as mayor he now has a podcast 
where he just talks about Chicago and shit. <laughs> and I do not want my mayor to have a podcast. I want my mayor to do mayor shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How do you find the time if you're, yeah. you're administrating... You know, one of the biggest metropolises the, with the, the third biggest city yeah. in yeah, the country. Absolutely. Well, in his defense, I didn't know that Chicago existed until I start until I heard the podcast about it. So <laughs> now I'm real interested. You know, maybe I'll have to check it out. <laughs> All right, so I, I think uh, I, I'm getting a consensus uh, in the room here that Rahm Emanuel takes the Chicago Machine region. I got to say, yeah, right, Rahm. Cool. hands down. Poor Blagojevich got dunked on again. Well, you know, he'll he'll have time to think about it uh, as he serves out his sentence. So uh, <laughs> um, we're going to switch regions here. We're going to go to the other side of the bracket here. Um, in the Trump enablers region, we have Scott Pruitt, the former uh, attorney general of Oklahoma, who got tapped to head up the Trump administration EPA. And by head up, I mean sort of uh, the way that somebody who's going to chop off your head heads something up. Um, he sort of does his job the way I do my job, where I uh, show up and then just kind of sit around. Yeah. Uh, unless Did you're... you install like a $31,000 door at your job or whatever? <laughs> uh, I tried. I couldn't get it through my boss's. Uh, <laughs> sounds like he just has a cool boss. <laughs> I guess so. So that's that's uh, Scott Pruitt, formerly of Oklahoma, now uh, high level in the Trump administration, and everybody's going to feel the effects of his tenure uh, as the, you know, oil and gas industries completely take over the country and start dumping arsenic and selenium back in your drinking water. So Scott Pruitt versus an old friend of our show, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. Ben's ass. <laughs> We've never once made that joke on this show, so that's that is a right. That is fresh material. Um, ben Sass <laughs> might might also seem like kind of a surprising choice here because he's not he's in the Trump enablers region, and he does write a bunch of op eds and come out statements and say, you know, Mr. President, you know, how dare you? And then, sir, sir, yeah, sir, sir. <laughs> And then immediately goes along with whatever the administration wants. So, uh, I don't know, lick spittle, performative outrage, sort of uh, Republican, really not doing Nebraska any favors currently, um, except for, as we discussed on a previous episode, encouraging teenagers to go and detassel corn, which isn't a thing that's done anymore. And I, of course, know what detassel corn means. <laughs> but maybe for those who don't, could you explain it? That's why they hire 13-year-olds and they pay them like $2 an hour to like go all walk through the cornfields and like rip the tops off of the corn so that they don't like pollinate each other in the wrong way or some shit like that. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of work that if it were in California, it would always be done by um, – like underpaid, undocumented uh, migrant, migrant workers. workers. Uh, but in Nebraska, it's often done by like junior high and early high school students. Well, um, and like by often, we meant like in the 80s, and now they don't because they have like a farm implement. Right. Yeah. There's, that there's, totally it does a way better job. Has, has right. been automated <laughs> out of existence, just like most of the jobs that Ben Sass's op ed was saying teenagers should go do. I, either that or those jobs are now occupied by 40-year-olds right. with, like, master's degrees. Yeah. I mean, I get, as ridiculous as Ben Sass's fake, uh, you know, Trump opposition is, 
I, I think we got to give this to Scott Pruitt because, you know, at least Ben Sass is trying to, like, grow some corn. Scott Pruitt's goal appears to be to just make it so that, like, no plants can ever grow in the earth again. <laughs> See, all right. This is a tough one for me because uh, I think Pruitt is probably worse, but... I also do like uh, I can empathize with him as a guy who is bad at his job. <laughs> so, but you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to get an emotional bias here. I think I, I'm going to go. Okay. Pruitt too. Yeah, I was going to say because you you might be passively bad at your job, but Scott Pruitt goes to work every day thinking of new ways to be bad. He's he's being malevolent toward the environment, you right? Know? So, all right, all right yeah, yeah. Pruitt U- unanimously. Uh, Pruitt takes the Trump enablers region. Um, let's say we take a little break there. We'll come back and finish out this bracket. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Uh. <laughs> that was the sports sound. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and friends. We're, we're ready, ready to, to party. So you've got to explain this Garfield thing. Who's who's Johnny's son, and is he related to John Arbuckle, or is that just a is that a coincidence? They just have the same name. Apparently, there's a lot of dudes with the name John. Uh, <laughs> uh, so nope. just Johnny's Garfield, son. That's it. <laughs> Johnny's son is this guy on Twitter who he, uh, I believe he may be responsible for my why my original account got banned. Um, yeah, that's right. How many times have you been banned? Because it's kind of a running joke with your Twitter. Like six, something like that. All right. Uh, I think I'm safe now because the after the first one, all the other times I got banned, it was because I like logged into Twitter on the same IP address that I got banned on, and the account was created after I got banned, so they just figured it was me. Oh, right. It's the same reason my podcast Twitter got suspended while we were recording. <laughs> we were recording the first episode and found out our account got suspended. Oh, um, those Twitter wizards, man. The, the infosec on that yeah. is, is severe. There's... <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with Johnny's son this time was uh, he... I'll find the exact tweet. Um, Johnny. Yeah, in the meantime, I mean, just, just on spec, it was ridiculous. It was some oh, self-help. Oh, insane. Like self care bullshit. Uh, That's goes what he against. does now. He used to be like a weird Twitter guy, I guess, but he has just he no longer like makes jokes. He just does fucking self care shit. Um, right. Okay. Here's the tweet. He tweeted, uh, "Garfield likes lasagna so much because it means John set aside some time from his stressful day to cook something nice." Garfield recognizes that cooking is a form of self-care for John and has internalized the <laughs> desire to see his owner happy in the form of wanting to eat the product. Uh, so that shit <laughs> no. sucks ass. And Oh, man, it's the worst. So, do you think John... 
Do you think John Arbuckle actually cooks the lasagnas, or is he just buying like the Stouffer's? Oh, for sure, like, that's frozen, frozen lasagnas. That's some frozen stuff. Yeah. But like, is I think not- John, I think he cooks it, but he cooks it for himself to eat for like a couple days, and right. then Garfield right. just eats it. He's not cooking it for the cat. He doesn't give it to the cat. The, the cat, cat he eats doesn't, it, he and would, then he gets pissed, right? Yeah, that's so. I quote tweeted him, and I said. <laughs> uh, Something along the lines of, I'm pretty sure Garfield likes lasagna because he's a big, fat fucking cat, you dipshit. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then he quote tweeted me and just said, okay. Uh, so then I had to turn off, I had to mute that that tweet because ever, there was like a bunch of Johnny Sun fans yeah. that were getting really pissed off at me. <laughs> well, hold up, though. There's a canonical reason why Garfield loves lasagna. What it- that that doesn't have to do with him just being obese and lazy. Well, I mean, I think it's just all relating to his childhood trauma. Garfield was born in an alley outside, like, an Italian restaurant or something. Oh. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's, in the, that's in the original Garfield books. I um, gotta get in touch with Johnny's son. <laughs> <laughs> my, good, my close personal friend, Johnny's son. Right. Well, the whole thing's insane, too, because it's obvious. I mean, somebody linked in your... You know, in your replies to a strip where Garfield just walks up behind John and, and smacks slaps him in the, him back in the, of the head, head for, for like no reason. Just, yeah, just, and he says, know, says he says like, he was just doing research. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Garfield is Gar- mean. That's that's why Garfield's he's funny because he's, he's mean, mean to everybody. Right, always he, mean to everybody. He like tries to ship normal to China and shit. He's a mean guy <laughs> to Abu Dhabi. I think yeah, is the thing specifically. Uh, from, from what I remember from, uh, you know, a friend of mine always buying those little, like, half-sized Garfield books when the Scholastic Bookmobile would come around. Right. Um, you know, like, high literature oh, yeah. sort of shit, but... Um, the, the Garfield canon goes deep, like, um, John used to have, like, a gay roommate with a creepy mustache or whatever back in the original Garfield strips, and then oh, they just wrote right. that character out. They were like, no, this is too creepy. It was, like, Irving or something like that. He was, oh, he yeah. was a very... Very weird looking dude. There's a good well, episode of Chapo where they go into the canon of Garfield, like oh, very shit. in depth for like 45 minutes. That was probably one oh, of the yeah, ones I sure. skipped. We're doing it right now. Damn it. <laughs> this fucker's got us again. I, I'm sure then they must have brought up that uh, canonically uh, John Arbuckle one time drank like a full mug of a cum. I think yeah, it was, dog cum. Yeah, it's like dog cum. Yeah. yeah uh, a classic. It was mostly about uh, Garfield being genderless uh because virgil changed the wikipedia to say uh garfield doesn't have a gender because they that's what john arbuckle said and he is the he is in charge of what the canon of garfield is right or not john I mean, arbuckle is it, is it because Nash he's Schultz like or whatever, he or whatever he's like a eunuch no i, <laughs> I think it's really just that like someone asked he was like being interviewed uh i call him john arbuckle that is not I don't want people to get mad at me on Twitter that I misspoke. John Arbuckle is not the writer of Garfield. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, let's be honest. He is, though. Yeah. That's, either that's John Ar- either John Arbuckle or Jim Davis are going to sue you for libel over this episode. <laughs> yeah. And we do not have the funds, my friend, to to defend that legal suit. We're going to roll over. <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because people are going to jump on that and just make it a uh, a huge uh, bunch of, well, it's a class action suit because there's a lot of people who could sue <laughs> me for libel <laughs> like johnny's son for example for uh right, yeah. changing his tweet like oh yeah so part of the reason i got banned initially was i kept screenshotting johnny's son tweets and then changing a couple words to make all of his tweets about how he loves 9-11 and he's an isis 
Uh, I don't I don't see how anyone could even get mad about that. I mean, that's a that's that's a different kind of fandom, really. Right. Is yeah. What that is. <laughs> well, the news is fake, but the threat is real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it counts. I'm glad I'm glad we're we're talking about this though because uh, just yesterday in one of our Slack teams, uh, sometimes third chair on Liquid Flannel, Nick Glessman, brought up. You know, have you ever thought about like is did John ever bother to get Garfield neutered or not? Uh, and this turned into a whole debate, like looking at Garfield's various personality traits and yeah, he doesn't seem like, to well, have any sort of sex drive he dated well, yeah. a cat he dated a cat named arlene for forever right but you yeah, could that, be you that, could still be interested in a romantic relationship without true. the sexual part it's true he was in the friend zone hard anyway yeah garfield <laughs> is that right do you think i think garfield was arlene not putting out yeah i mean it's it's possible or, or whatever they call it where it's uh um you're you're attracted to, you know, like a romantic relationship, but not a sexual one. Oh, dude, yeah. it's, so. a, it's a deep tragedy because she's from the streets where he was born, but now he lives the life of luxury, so they can never yeah. be together, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's the he's the petite bourgeoisie at this point. Um, he, he, was, have... he was her daddy Warbucks, <laughs> except I don't think daddy Warbucks <laughs> fucked daddy, so. Or, uh, I don't know, to, to take it to another uh, comic strip, he's the Dagwood Bumstead in the relationship with the with like the poor girl that he's dating. Um, I so except, I know who Dagwood is and I know he loves sandwiches. <laughs> I know nothing else about him. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing a, about that's Bondi all you was know. like he, loves he was bowling? he was a he was a super rich guy or like the the scion of a wealthy family who fell in love with uh this slattern from the streets basically named Blondie. Uh and so his family kicked him out and that's why he works at the whole, you know, Whatever whatever desk job he has where he just kind of sits around and sleeps all the time and gets yelled at by his boss, and yet somehow always ends up hanging out with his boss outside of work hours, that, that part's never made any sense either. But Yeah, they're always um, like yeah, golfing like, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> golfing, going to dinner together, um, and eating giant sandwiches. I mean, I think, I think Dagwood <sighs> comfort eats because that's like the last trapping of, of the luxury that he used to know. Although I will say that that Blondie can get it. Is Blondie is she a pog? Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, That's this shit's like basically like he's like a minor character in Mad Men or something. I mean, this shit is so dated. Um, right. <laughs> you should read the comics curmudgeon blog though, because it's fucking great. And he reads all the worst uh, comic strips in the newspaper, and then like just blogs about how fucking yep. insane they are. Which is all of them, by the way. There's not a single comic strip no, in Zitz. In zitz is funny. Name. I like Zitz. You, you think Zitz is still? I mean, Zitz. I also zitz haven't read a newspaper funny. in like ten years. <laughs> right, right. No, I think the thing with most of them is they start out strong, but then they find their niche, and there are only so many jokes you can make about like having a toddler you know so right. like baby blues was really funny at the beginning and now it's just oh, the same sort of stuff over what's the over. one the super <laughs> surreal one it's a single panel comic well uh i mean there's there's far family circus oh far side far no far side was good always no, i yeah. mean that shit's old as fuck though he has he hasn't made that for forever is that guy even alive i need to i, I need don't to know look that guy up yeah i don't know is gary larson alive listeners if you if you know right. please uh Tweet us at liquid underscore flannel. Dude, unlike know if Jim Davis, he knew when to fucking quit, man, and go out on right. top and not just still be cranking out, you know, shitty ass strips where they're like, oh, the fucking caveman again? Far side? Right. Like, Jesus. 
give yeah. it up on the caveman. Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, Gary Larson had the advantage of uh, he also had interests outside of being a cartoonist. He was a uh, he was some sort of naturalist or a, a biologist or something like that, which is why so many of his strips are about kind of based in science. Yeah, science and stuff. So he had he had a big universe to pull on to make jokes about. Okay. Uh, Bill Watterson did the same thing, did the like kind of the Seinfeld uh I've I've said what I wanted to say. I don't want to see this this thing that I love um, just have that that long decline. Mm-hmm. Although I mean, man, what a fucking job security it is, though. You know, because like Family Circus, BC, um, certainly any of those legacy strips, like Gasoline Alley. Like, is there? Have you ever met a single person who was glad that Gasoline Alley oh, was in the funny my pages? God. What's the one that's? It's the single panel. And it's not, they're not meant to be funny, like love or something like that, about the two naked kids that are in love. <laughs> oh, shit. That can't oh, still be wow. happening, can it? Oh, Last time God. I saw a comic like section of a newspaper, those were still being made. I think they're just yeah. reprinting them like fucking peanuts or whatever, like they shit got from the it. 20s, and they're just looping it or whatever. I would love to take over God. the the like creative direction of that strip and like <laughs> have it be like, love is... Well, when you bust the nut and she keeps sucking, <laughs> you t- you totally should. You should modernize it, or whatever. I would I would crush at it. <laughs> Love is sucking dick while my man plays uh, uh, Fortnite or whatever that was. Yeah, Fortnite. Yeah, the dude. The world is ready for this, man. I think you got a winning concept. Uh, l- Love is uh, when she let her girl hit because she dummy thick. <laughs> dude i look forward to your twitter account completely just being these now yeah that's i mean good. That's i gold, might as man. well just take take like different panels of it or whatever and just change the text at the bottom yeah just oh, draw absolutely. on it with a pen or whatever right yeah. <laughs> oh this is good holy shit yeah i i think that's i think that's all we need to spend on comics let's uh let's take a break there we'll come back okay <laughs> Everybody get up, it's time to slam now We got the real jam going down Welcome to the Space Jam Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam Alright So in terms of a jingle for this bracket I'm pretty sure that somebody at some point Must have mashed up the NBA Jam theme song with the Space Jam theme song. Oh, I'm sure. That so, has to. So I'm going to look for that. But, okay, so we're back. We're back. For we're Brack. This is the Brack show. <laughs> Adult Swim. Man, they need to bring Brack. Brack. Brack, Brack. Brack, right. Yep. And have him host, like, a March Madness podcast or whatever. Be like, Brack's Brackets or whatever. Oh, I'm giving him too many free Did ideas. It- didn't like uh didn't C Martin Croker die or something? No, I think actually C Martin Croker uh croaked. <laughs> right, yeah. I think the dude who does Brack or maybe it's not the voice but it's like the creator of the show, he does like a VR app that Comedy Central puts out or something. Okay. Weekly that's like a show but it's like only in VR. This shit's nuts, man. I know the I mean, the guy from uh that isn't Dan Harmon that does Rick and Morty, the other guy has like it's supposed to be really good, like oh, Roy, yeah, on a VR show and like a VR studio where he produces VR shows. It's supposed to be pretty good. I don't know what you guys mean by VR show. What like you've got your VR heads and the what they're like in the room with you? Yeah. 
Yeah, you like put it on and then you can kind of like look around and then they like wear motion capture uh, suits and like mo- can move around the studio and stuff. It's it's pretty nuts. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Okay. Rich people, they got everything nowadays, man. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All right, okay, let's uh let's get back to our bracket here. Okay. So, let's do the uh we we do have a play in in the uh meddling governor region. So um, many governors, so, so many governors. It's really full. Oh yeah, there there are a ton. You know, it's it's nice to be able to narrow it down just to the the Midwest governors, but this first matchup um to figure out who goes up uh in the actual uh bracket here is between Scott Walker of Wisconsin. Um, you may remember him because there was a huge statewide effort to recall him several years ago um, so because close. of the way that he had. Yep, they, they they did get pretty close to recalling him. Um, Scott Walker is bad because he's another one of these Republican governors, and they're all pretty much fucking the same. But um, gutting the teachers' union uh, that was that was the main reason. Uh, I remember footage of the Wisconsin State House being just completely filled uh, with right. people. Scott Walker versus friend of the show Pete Ricketts of Nebraska. Um, you re- you may remember him from previous episodes where we talked about how he funded out of his pocket an effort to make sure that Nebraska would bring back the death penalty and like always have it. Um, current governor, uh, speaking of the death penalty, if you listen to our last episode, we talk about how they're somehow getting their death penalty drugs now and nobody really knows how because no company that makes them will sell them to the state of Nebraska. And yet it seems like they just freshly stocked up. So one ghoul versus another ghoul as the play in Scott Walker versus Pete Ricketts. Well, and Scott Walker, you know, he's been having a strong hand until recently because he was refusing to hold special elections because he knew that the Republicans would lose. So they were just like, how about just no no elections and we just leave those seats open? Uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in the news lately because he finally got sued for like the third time. (laughs) And finally, he's going to hold some special elections to fill these empty seats. Um, So, yeah, I mean, take take your pick, man. We could flip a coin. Both of them are anti-democratic massive money uh you know just billionaire republican douchebags i so i think based on what i've heard they're both pretty equally bad i think i gotta give the edge to scott walker because uh, I knew who he was before we started recording this podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, in, uh, I mean, in terms of Wait, what kind of up, impact you up. might... You're telling okay. me you don't know the Ricketts who own the Chicago Cubs? Oh, I was going to ask, point. is he related to the... Point. Is he part of the Ricketts family? That's his bro, fucking bro. officially called okay. out. All right, no, then I'm going Ricketts because the fucking Ricketts family is a piece <laughs> of shit. I hate them. <laughs> All right, so Connor's in for for Ricketts. Brendan, what's your take? I mean, I I kind of feel like I, I feel I'm biased. Ricketts is my guy. I've been a Ricketts guy ever since he got elected, and I hated it. And <laughs> right. uh, he, while Scott Walker has been losing in the courts, Pete Ricketts has been winning in the courts, and in fact, right. just kicking people off the Supreme Court and then like appointing thirty five year olds that he hangs out with to the Supreme Court for life in Nebraska. Uh, so I think he's taking another win here. He's just winning it down the map. Okay, cool. Well, and I used to work for Ameritrade, and I have plenty of personal reasons to hate the Ricketts family. So I'll go Ricketts, too. So Ricketts takes that, 
takes that little bracket. But we're not done with the meddling governor region because that was a play-in, remember? And the other opponent here is former Kansas governor Sam Brownback, who we've discussed on the show quite a bit for having bankrupted the state of Kansas with you know, massive like trickle down sort of tax reforms. Basically, the the Trump tax plan got tested out on Kansas and was a colossal failure. So, of course, we decided to do it on a national level. Um, Sam Brownback has been since appointed to be the what's the office? He is the uh, ambassador at large for religious freedom. Right. International is, religious freedom. Sorry. Because that is the thing that the Trump administration has always cared about is like genuine religious freedom. But yeah, still so, still the governor of, of Kansas, I guess on paper or whatever, even though he left and hasn't been there yeah, for a long time. I mean, it's screwed up that uh, people got to work two jobs to get by in this country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when Kansas made all those cuts to social services. It's, it's real tough on a on a hard up governor out there. Right. Okay, so that's the matchup then. It's uh Pete Ricketts versus Sam Brownback. I mean, I gotta say I'm gonna go Ricketts again. Pete <laughs> Okay. Pete Pete Ricketts is like the young upstart. Sam Brownback is like the old school master, you know what I mean? Like Pete okay. Ricketts wishes he was Sam Brownback because you know, Pete Ricketts wants to do it, he wants to ruin his state, but Sam Brownback actually did it. You know, actually did he the thing. Actually yeah. did the thing that all Republicans just dream of. So okay. I, I think I got to give it to Brownback on this one. What You're do you Brownback. think, Matt? I, well, no, I, I think I'm Brownback, too, for exactly that reason. I mean, the guy the guy basically did the trial balloon for exactly what Trump is going to try to do to the entire country and got rewarded for it with this bullshit ambassadorship, which is, you know, that that's just that's just a money grab. He's he's not going to actually have any impact on anything, but he'll continue to be rich and comfortable for as long as he's alive, probably. Yeah, so, I heard he's going to yeah. appoint himself the new pope. He's just going to go to the pope and be like, I'm taking over. Get out of here, you commie pope. <laughs> I think you I'm, got- I'm fine with the decision. Per- personally, the reason I went with Ricketts is... Uh, he personally affects me because he uh, makes me feel bad for rooting for the Cubs. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, man. The Ricketts family fucking sucks, but hey, if we won a World Series, he can lose this round. That's fine. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, Senator or, uh, for, former Governor Sam Brownback moves on from the meddling governor region. And then finally, our, our last region is the racist uncle region. Um, you're you're going to be familiar with with both of these people from previous episodes. First up is Arthur Jones, who uh, <laughs> Connor, you, Connor, you can you can tell us a little bit about Art Jones, can't you? Yeah. So I Arthur Jones ran unopposed as the Republican primary uh, candidate for the Illinois third district uh, representative seat. He uh, is just a full-on Nazi. He just loves to be a Nazi. Like, he, literally a Nazi. Like, a He used to be, like... He has yeah. a card. Like, the president yeah. of the American Nazi Party. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, his uh, campaign website, uh, which looks like it was fucking made on, like, Angel Fire or some shit. <laughs> right, It's <right>. like... <laughs> it's like... 
He's like, I don't like taxes. And then also the Holocaust didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and he believes the Holocaust was uh, made up by uh, Jewish people to make more money. <laughs> it's the most insane shit ever. He's yeah. Luckily, he there's I mean, luckily and unluckily uh, <laughs> that, that he's not going to win, but he's going to lose to Dan Lipinski, who also sucks ass. Uh, right. The, the ostensible Democrat in the race who yeah, also who, uh, is just like another thinks abortion should be right? illegal and right. shit like that. Well, he and he, oh, the, he, is, wasn't his dad the guy before this? And he's just yeah, like, his dad, his like dad won and then immediately seat. resigned and appointed him to the seat. Oh, my God. This is like some and he looks like a fucking nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> he looks See, now, so bad. Now I'm now I'm mad at whoever made up this bracket because uh yeah Dan Lipinski probably should have been in there. He's a the, good uh, choice, but I mean, yeah, yeah well Arthur we're gonna have Jones. that for real. We don't need a fake bracket for that one. That's gonna happen. No, yeah, you know? good, good point, good point. Okay, so it's Art Jones versus Steve King from Iowa, uh, who uh he's also he's a, a representative. Nazi. <laughs> yeah, also also a Nazi. He's not, he um, doesn't has, have a card. He's not a card carrying Nazi. Right. It's implied. no. What what he has is a super active Twitter account where he retweets people like uh, uh, like Erdogan or whoever the the president of Hungary is right now, um, making statements like you know agreeing like these guys are right. You know we're never going to be able to protect our culture if we let brown people have babies in it. You know like white people <laughs> need to be outbreeding them. <laughs> yeah, didn't he like retweet those like Nazis that Trump retweeted or whatever from Britain that then like got put in jail for like being literal Nazis or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he's he's always out there on the front lines. Of I think making he's sure that there's, there's been a few times where he's like faved Paul Joseph Watson tweets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know. I don't. This this one's a tough one for me, you guys, because what you have is sort of a like an upstart joke of a dude who's way more serious about uh, the overt white supremacy. And then you've got a guy who's in office, established, perpetuated. I got to I mean, I love my district. I love you, Arthur Jones. I'm sorry. I got to go Steve King. (laughs) All right. All right. Steve King. Connors Connors for King. Brendan's for Steve King. I, I agree. Steve King. All right. Cool. So. We're uh yeah we're we're getting through this bracket here you guys uh so in the um I guess we'll call this the eastern region because that's how I drew it on my notebook um we have Scott Pruitt versus Steve King ah <laughs> it's so fucking hard they uh, both suck so hard I mean again like. It- we were just talking about, like, Steve King actually has power. He actually does stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, I guess compared to Arthur Jones, he does. But he's small potatoes in the Scott Pruitt world. I mean, Scott, Pruitt, Scott Pruitt controls the entire world's environment, essentially, uh, because the U.S., you know, puts out more pollution than, like, all the other countries. I, so you know I, what? I that think, sounds like a Pruitt vote from Brendan. Uh, I, going into this round, I... I would have said Steve King just because he's like so insanely racist, but I th- I agree with Brennan's point. I think Pruitt, Steve King, all he all he really can do is uh, ruin the lives for non-white people in this country. But Scott Pruitt can ruin everyone's lives and make them end. Okay, so that sounds like that sounds like two votes for Pruitt. I'll go with the I'll go with the crowds. Pruitt. 
Pruitt takes the Eastern Division. Before before we let Steve King off the hook, we got to just give it up. <laughs> just give it up for Steve King and his incredible, ostentatious racism. I mean, it is... He's really... I mean, he loves yep. to be racist. No, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that... I mean, I guess under the Trump administration, nothing is truly beyond the pale but you know nothing is a bridge too far under this president but steve king he's out there on the on the frontiers trying to make sure that that's true and i'm, I'm excited to uh talk to my my co-host about this because she's from iowa and she fucking hates steve king so i think she's <laughs> gonna be pissed at me for not voting for him all right all right cool yeah well uh, we may we may have to check back in uh, right we'll we'll have a we'll have a twitter throwdown over over our choices here so Western Division here. We've got former Kansas Senator or uh, Governor Sam Brownback versus Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Ooh. I think you guys know where my vote's going. Mm-hmm. I got Rob. There, you know, actually, in terms of in terms of uh, you know, if if one of our criteria is you know who's affecting the most people's lives right now, I think uh, Emanuel takes it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, Brownbacks he's he's got a cushy job now, but I, I don't see the religious ambassadorship uh really going anywhere. Oh, for sure. Like, his I damage mean, is done. It's it's kind of a red state trope to try to say like, hey, Kansas, like it's a whole state. Like that's more important. Like Chicago is just that's just one city or whatever. <laughs> right. But but far more people oh, live in Chicago absolutely. than live in the entire state of Kansas. Yeah. All right, it sounds like we've got a consensus. Rahm Emanuel moves on to the final round. All right. Okay. Well, we've come down to the championship match, you guys. This is the this is the end of our March Madness worst Midwestern politician bracket. We have Scott Pruitt versus Rahm Emanuel. This is tough. See. Rom, Rom is a fake friend, uh, <laughs> who, like, I I would understand why someone outside of Chicago would think like Rom is doing a good job, just like by passively looking at it. But well, he's ostensibly a Democrat. You know, right, most of the people right. on our list have been you know aligned with the GOP. I mean, that's the thing about. Rahm Emanuel is that you actually had expectations, right? You'd be like, right. look, I I know the guy's a bit abrasive, you know, he comes off a little crazy, but, you know, maybe they just need a fighter in there to, you know, fight some good stuff. And yeah, right. no, he just let us all down on that one. Yeah, so it's the the failure of, of expectations versus the really rising to meet the challenge of of Scott Pruitt, who's who's really, you know, he's gone from a guy who used to just sue the Obama administration all the time over climate change regulations to a guy who now gets to completely dismantle the environmental protective state, the whole apparat the whole administrative apparatus for making sure that we aren't all just you know, living in like boiling water uh, in 50 years. I think the thing with Pruitt is uh, while what he's doing is so horrible, I think part of it is the second that Trump is out of office that, and also frankly, the United States has never been good at 
fucking <laughs> right. doing environmental protection. Exactly. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. All he's done is that he, it seems like he's made the EPA slightly less effective by just not doing anything with it. Right. Well, and, and uh, it's it's worth noting that in the uh, this omnibus spending bill that they've been working on, uh, they were not successful in being able, being able to cut the EPA budget by a third. In fact, they added a little bit to it. I think it was like 1% or something. Um, this is unified so, Republican government. I mean, that's just right. leadership right <laughs> they're, there. They're all so bad at their jobs. They're all the dumbest motherfuckers alive. And, and they're they're burning through their bench like crazy, too. I mean, they, they just keep having to find the next most qualified person down from a person who wasn't qualified to begin with. Right. You know, yeah, I, I'm so, going to say I'm going to I think. I'm going to go Rom. All right. Brendan. This is a t- this is such a tough one here. I mean, <laughs> I I hate I hate Scott Pruitt, but I kind of feel like Scott Pruitt is he's not the underdog in this category. You know what I mean? He came in all sure. cocky. He thought he could just take it. He's no, that's right. he's ruining the entire global like atmosphere. He was definitely one of my one seeds in this bracket. Yeah, I mean, but man, but man, Rom, Rom. And the thing is, Rom's going to stick around even after he's going to be here for so fucking long. It's you know, gonna suck. You know what the worst part about Rahm Emanuel is? Is that uh, his middle name is Israel? The uh, isn't the. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the dude from uh, Entourage based off of Rahm Emanuel or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ari Gold. Yeah, that's right. Jeremy Piven said that he based it partially on uh, Rahm Emanuel and the way he just kind of bullies his way through every situation. Yeah, that sucks shit. Boy, that show is <laughs> fucking bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I feel Me? like Rahm. I feel like Rahm, man. Okay. Yeah, Rahm Emanuel. Uh, I think uh, I I agree with that. There's just just the fact that Scott Pruitt will be done after the, this administration. We're going to be dealing with Rahm Emanuel for the rest of our lives. I, I've got to go Rahm too. So yeah, big, shit, I think big that's congrats it. to Rahm. Uh, yep. Let's see if Loyola can do for Chicago what Rahm just did in this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good, guys. We have. Uh, we have identified the worst of all of the Midwestern politicians. It turns out to be not from a field of Republicans. The Democrat wins an election. Finally. There you go, baby. <laughs> the blue wave. It's coming. The blue, the blue wave starts with Rob. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, that was, uh, I mean, that that whole thing was kind of depressing. We've got to have a high note to take us out on, right? Brendan, Brendan you had a thing that you're enjoying right now. Well, you know. Speaking of Illinois politicians, don't forget <laughs> Roseanne Barr. Is she even from Illinois? I know the show's set in Illinois. Yeah, the show the show's set in uh Chicago suburb. They're huge Bears fans. Okay. Um I don't think she is though. I don't know what where a, she's from. What I'm a freaking carpetbagger or whatever. But um <laughs> so the Roseanne thing really came out of nowhere for me because first of all, they announced that they're bringing back Roseanne and I actually kind of like Roseanne. Back in the day, I, I watched Roseanne. It was good. Oh, it was a great show I, back The original in the day. Roseanne I mean, was, is like one of the best sitcoms ever made. It is because, uh, I mean, for one thing, it was so different from everything else that was on TV. It was showing 
an authentic working class family. It was a little bit more crass than some of the other sitcoms that were on, but in a very genuine way. Right. Um, I mean, you, it was almost guessing... like a live action Simpsons in some ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She uh, she also she's from Salt Lake City. What Mormon plant? <laughs> she <Okay. laughs> was born to a, a a Jewish family in Salt Lake City. That sounds. I understand why her brain is all fucked up now. Yes, yeah, I would be super pissed off for the rest of my life too. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so you know they brought Roseanne back, and but the twist this time is that Roseanne loves Trump, y'all. All in on the Trump train. So much so that Trump heard about this and called Roseanne after the show and was like, heard it was the best ratings ever. You know, <laughs> It's thanks. really funny to imagine those two people with those two voices having a conversation. Oh, just like, God. I just watched your program. It's the best program I've ever watched. Ah, that was that was really nice of you to say, Mr. President. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it had to be. Oh, I hope the tape leaks of this conversation because it has yeah. to be comedy gold. Uh, so is the show genuinely pro-Trump? Because I've I've heard that it's in some ways so much pro-Trump that you could almost take it as a satire of a pro-Trump. Yeah, family. So I mean, that's the thing. I did watch it because I was like, I just have to see this for myself. And for as much as the show is trying to bill itself as like pro Trump, it really is not at all. And if it almost makes me think that like Roseanne literally conned Trump voters into thinking that it's pro Trump to trick them into watching it, which it worked, it seems like so much so (laughs) that the president thinks it's good, right? That he's like, thanks for getting the message out there. That, you know, the liberal media doesn't understand about, like, the real America or whatever. And the real America in the show is, like, Roseanne and Dan are like, I don't have enough money for healthcare. We have to, like, share our pain pills or whatever. And, you know, their daughter is, like, a waitress. Becky's, like, 43 and she, like, works in a Mexican restaurant. And Darlene, like, lost her job and has to move back home. And they have a they have a like a grandson or something who cross dresses. And that's just something I, I, I've only right. kind of picked up a little bit of this through uh, like Twitter and stuff. That's actually like th- what I consider is basically the main plot line of the first episode is that Darlene moves in with her two kids. And one of them is just like old, you know, like young Darlene. And then the other one, the, the younger boy wears dresses sometimes and everyone's like that's kind of weird he's probably gonna get his ass kicked or whatever but then they just learn like you know what like it's just people you know we got to support our kids you know out there right so it's like if this is the show that they're like this is the most pro-trump show on the air i'd be like okay yeah i guess i'll take it (laughs) so i think my understanding of it is that i I haven't watched it yet so roseanne in real life is pro-trump but i the writers on the show are all like, like Hollywood, the Hollywood elite, people, <laughs> right? Basically. Exactly. So well, I, my the way I understand it is that it's written, and I do think it makes sense plot wise for the Roseanne character and the Roseanne family to be pro Trump because they're like a poor white working class family or whatever, and they don't. I don't think they would follow politics all that closely. Right. So when they're when Trump is running, it would make sense that they would vote for him, and then. It would make sense that they voted for him, he won, and now their lives are still absolute shit. 
Yeah, they still don't have any kind of material change in their lives that's helping anybody out. I mean, you're not bringing coal jobs back to a suburb of Chicago. Right. Right. But I mean, isn't that ridiculous that that's like the, you know, that Trump supporters are like, thank goodness someone's, you know, getting the real news out there. Yeah. Right. (laughs) He, I mean, he, he truly is like the dumbest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny too because if he watched the show, he'd probably be like, "Yeah, that they, they mentioned me by name. Like this is the best show ever." I he agree. Doesn't even it's care about that the that boys wearing dresses. <laughs> yeah. I like how Connor keeps having to shove things into his nose to do that Trump impression. <laughs> um, it's a, no, it's it's real dedication to the craft. Actually, I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. No, that's a that's a pretty good high note, actually. I, I'm gonna have to check the show out. Uh, what are they showing it on ABC? Can I I, I watch that online or something? Yeah, probably. You probably. could probably watch that shit online or whatever. Just find yeah, it on YouTube. Sure. It's fine. Uh, right. But uh, I guess yeah. One of the things that's the best about Roseanne though is that. Uh, they play reruns of Roseanne all the time, and the popularity of them is what brought you know the show back. Um, right. But season nine of Roseanne, the final season of the original series is just the wackest shit ever. It's, it's so bad. It's fucking amazingly amazing how bad it was. It was like a troll season where she's just like, ABC, I'm wasting your money on trash. Right. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. Yeah, and then, of course, at the end, they pull a whole, you know, this was all a dream, and it's just, uh, it turns out, well, no, how do they, I, I before we go out, uh, is John Goodman on the new one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, in fact, okay. they reference it. So, he, at the end... He died yeah. at the end of the season. At the end, or at the end of the original series. Yeah, at the end of the ninth season of Roseanne, they reveal that the the wacky season nine, season nine of Roseanne or whatever, is like Roseanne's like like screenplay that she's writing or whatever. Right. Um, to like after Dan had a heart attack, cope, at Darlene's wedding. Yeah, to like cope mm. with like making up crazy fantasies after Dan died or whatever. Um, but then in this one. Uh, they they have a reference to it in the reboot where they like find the script like while they're cleaning out the garage or whatever, um, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that old thing or whatever." Like, I can't believe you, you know, killed off the best character. Like, that's the stupidest <laughs> idea. Wait for so a show in canon. Dan knows that his wife wrote a fanfic of her own life where he died, and then everyone was. Like, happier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. That is fucking bizarre. That's what um, happens you live in the suburb of Chicago. <laughs> That's regular. <laughs> it's it's all the wind, right? Um, yeah, it's all the wind. It's all those big apples, all that kind of shit. Right, right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, man, uh, thank you, Connor, for being with us. Uh, shout out your podcast. Tell people where they can find you on Twitter oh, and stuff. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor is sweet. Uh, the Until listener, he gets banned again. Until I get banned again. Uh, Good luck. Then, uh, just Instagram DM me. I'll tell you what my new account is. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Connor C. Golden. And then listen to our podcast. We have two episodes out right now as of recording this. Um, podcast is called Thought Police. T-H-O-T, Police. Uh, Which is frankly a much better title than the one we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just me, me and a couple friends in Chicago talking about politics. And uh, it's, it's a, ostensibly a comedy podcast where we talk about politics. Our next episode coming out. 
will be a uh, commentary track for the movie Blue Valentine. And nice. then the one after that is our review of Ready Player One. Oh, I'm psyched. It's Can't really wait. fucking, it's a really bad movie. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, subscribe to that, rate and review us. Uh, Apparently, I've been. Hold on, all right. Let's let's uh, let's take this down a notch. This isn't a, this isn't a full fucking ad for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are glad that you joined us. though. this has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, thanks for having follow- me. This was fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. no, fuck that podcast. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> Do like and rate and comment and all that happy bullshit. We are on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. I'm at Matt the Great Brendan. Just took a sip of beer. He can't uh, do his promo. Go. I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again, Connor. Yeah, thank you.